theyeshiva.net. So page 90, the second column, this the first column on the right, the second paragraph, Achine, Torah Er Parshas Vayechi, the Maimah Yehuda Atta, this is Daf Memhe, column 3, Memhe, column 3, or page 90. The class today is dedicated by Irina and Yuri Rachlin in the merit of Rachel Shendel, Bas, Itaya, Itiya Chana, for a refuah shleima, for a complete and speedy recovery. Amen, speedily and completely. Also dedicated by Ibram Bahar in the merit of a complete and speedy recovery for David Ben Devira. Amen. Ken Yirotzen, thank you very much. <coughs> May we hear good news from everybody in good health. So yesterday we dedicated the class to explore at length the quality of Shimon, which is associated with healthy boundaries, healthy distance, a sense of respect, an awe and reverence from the knowledge that I don't know. And even what that which I know, the ultimate knowledge is the knowledge that you don't know. And that creates the gift of Yira, the gift of Vayamdu uh, a sense of reverence where the person appreciates that there are things and qualities and secrets that I can't approach and can't control. And that itself generates a relationship that touches that space through the distance, through the respect, through the year, through the awe. Yeah, that's what we explained at length by Riches in yesterday's class and the class before that, the quality of Shimon, Shama Hashem, Kisnua Anoichi, which in davening it's associated with the second section of the Shema. From here he went to Levi, after Shimon is Levi, and when Levi was born, Leah said, Hapam yilove ishi elai. Now my husband is going to accompany me. The first two children, she speaks about the fact that Hashem saw my pain. Now my husband will love me. And Hashem saw. Hashem heard that I was loathed. That's Shimon. Shama Hashem kisnu anaychi. And he gave me this child. Now she says, Hapam, now the third time, ye love Ishi my husband is going to accompany me. He's going to, so to speak, reach out to me, connect to me, coming from the husband. And what does this represent? Spiritually speaking, in the Avoid of a Jew, so the Palatanya said that you have what Arizal says in the songs of Shabbos, Yemina Usmala, Uveinayu Chala. Yemina, the right, is Reuven. Usmala, the left, is Shimon, because Chesed and Gvura are associated with the right column and the left column in Kabbalah. Yemin mikarev, like the Gemara says in Saita, Yemin mikareves, usmal doicha. So it's not just in Kabbalah, you also have it in Gemara, the right side embraces and the left side <coughs> rejects. And he explains that the rejection here is not a rejection from somebody else. It's a rejection where the person rejects themselves in the sense that they feel a certain sense of smallness and inadequacy, which is the idea of yira or distance. Reverence. So he says, after that comes the end of the Shema, the third section of Shema, which, which finished with the word Emes, Ani Hashem and we right away say the word Emes. Emes, Vyatsev, Venachin, Vakayim, Vyashev, and Emma, Vahava, 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 Vah
all the 15 languages, Hadavar, Hazeh, this thing, Aleinu Lailam Vat. And then again, Emes. In fact, the word Emes is there quite a few times. <coughs> you have the Emes right after Krishna, and then Emes and Ezras four times each. It's, it's interesting how many times we say the word Emes, because apparently that's what's important here. That there's some truth that's being presented here. Some Emes. And what's that Emes? He says, that Emes is that the person says, it's true that I and my own don't have the ability and don't have the audacity to be able to to be one with the infinite. That's the concept of Shimon's smile. But nonetheless, the Ein Saif reaches out. My husband reaches out to me. From that place that I can't approach, he wants to have a connection with me. And that's the gift of Torah. As he explained, what's the gift of Torah? Torah is compared to water. Because essentially it comes from the loftiest space, from Ein Saif itself, and yet like water. The Gemara says in Babakama the Torah is compared to water. Ein Mayim Ela Torah. And one of the explanations, the Gemara says, water always looks like a liquid. It always looks for the lowest surface. The water itself comes down. It's not something else comes down. The water itself that was in the lofty place comes down into the lowest place. It trickles down to the lowest surface. Taidi essentially is very lofty. It's ain't saif. And yet it descends like water. It comes down and it's malubush. It's manifested. It's enclosed in physical language. It's enclosed in concepts that we can understand. It discusses issues and matters and mitzvahs and halachas that are relatable to us. It tells stories that the human mind and thoughts and words and actions can grasp. <coughs> that's the concept of water, even though essentially you're talking about something that's infinity, so infinity you can't contain in your mind. You can't master it, you can't. You can't own it. It's something beyond. It's beyond my kalim, beyond my vessels. That's why after Reuven you came to Shimon, as we discussed the second step in the relationship. Hapam, this time, ye love ishi elai. The ishi, my husband reaches out, accompanies to me. I am my own. May be, may be distant, but he reaches out to me. From that place, from that place he reaches out to me. And that's the, the emes, emes v'yatze v'nachin v'kayim, he says, hadavar azeh, is referring to Torah. And therefore, imrats libcha, when your heart is racing, shuvla echad, even when you return, you go back, you could still have the echad because the ishi, my husband, reaches out. <coughs> and ain't emes elatayda. That's why you speak so much about the emes, that the truth is that despite what would seem like an unbridgeable gulf, hapam yilove ishi elai, now there's a, 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 a connection that comes from above. That was the main point. Yeah, this, he says, comes milmaila. This comes, the Lushen is, that emesu she'ena nuroi mitzad atzmi lalas l'skala b'yed Hashem, right? Mi yala b'had Hashem, abar ein soif baruchu mitzad atzmi memeilo me'elov nimshach kam lamata. Even though I'm unworthy, but the ein soif mitzad himself comes into that place. Yeah, so it's also true, like everything, there's, there's a metaphor for this also with human beings. Remember that Alpip Shat, Leah was talking about her own husband, right? She's talking about her relationship with Yaakov. So in a relationship you have Reuven, 
you have that which I see and I become close to and I love and I cherish and I connect and I feel close. That's the beginning. Then you go to a deeper place where there's those things that, you know, I, I can't touch and I can't connect to and I, I certainly can't master and understand and comprehend. And that's the concept of year of awe which actually represents even a deeper relationship in the sense that you, you relate to it by, by not relating to it. You relate to it by, by, by respecting it, by being in awe of it, because it's beyond me. Right? It, it touches a place that's beyond me. So you think, okay, that's it, so now you're lonely. <laughs> so now there's loneliness. So now comes the third level that you're not from that place. From that place, hapam now I reach out to you. Hashem reaches out to you where you are, wherever you are. Even though you say, I'm low and I'm distant, I reach out to you. I, I want to be with you. I want to give that to you. The pep, you. Levi comes only after Shimon. Because if the Levi comes before Shimon, then it's not this place. It's a place where I, I initiated it. I connected it. But then there's the connection that I and my own don't feel worthy of. But hapam, ye love ishi elai. The same is true also within ourselves. As I said, there's the part of us that we connect with. There's a part of us in a way that we ourselves can't understand, right? It's a secret. <laughs> but hapam, ye love ishi elai, that, that part wants to connect with all the parts of me. So that's what Levi represents. Achine. Now he goes to Yehuda. All these three aspects that we spoke about, these three states, it's still what you call the world of Mamalakalam. What does Mamalakalam mean? Mamalakalam means the divine energy that fills all of the worlds. What does this mean? What do we mean it's Pchines Mamalakalam? He explains. It's Hamshachas. It's the flow of Ein Saif, of infinity, to what we call Mamalakalam, and to the energy that fills and saturates and infuses the consciousness and all of the worlds. And he explains what he means. Shepchines Reuven, Hila Reuven, as we said, is to arouse love, the love, that the soul should crave and yearn for a relationship, for a connection. It's the craving that I want to be absorbed and I want to be one with my source, with the matzah. Miklal, but this means the very fact that I have a craving to be one, to be subsumed, means that I'm not really one. In other words, the very fact that I have this desire and this burning love, I see and I want to be close, it means that there's still some form of, of distance. The same is true with Shimon. The same is true with Levi. So that's what he says. What does it mean? He's not one with Soiv of Kalam. So he says in parentheses, Soiv of Kalam is Bashamayim Mimal Valaaritz Mitochas Hakal Bashava. It's in the heaven above and in the earth below in the same way. 
Veruchnius Vigashmius Kula Mamish Kalay Mamish Hashivi. And just as the physicality doesn't create a chatzitza, doesn't create a separation, it doesn't have a, 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 a significant separateness, spirituality also not. Ruchni is also not. He's going to explain what this means. Al derech zasharab chinas. Same is true the other levels. Shimon and Levi. El hashem chinas hamshachas liyas b'malakalam. They are all flows from the ein soif to enter a place that we call b'malakalam and it fills the worlds. Avol chinas Yehuda rubchinas shol chinas hayda. Yehuda represents, like he said in the beginning of the Maimer, hayda. Hayda means gratitude. Hayda also means submission. Yehuda is that there's a sense of bittel and iskalalos. What does iskalalos mean? You're subsumed. You're inside. You're part of the ein soif mamish asayv of kalalman, which transcends all of the worlds. And that's when Shmei begins, and that's why there's the bowing down, the prostrating. That happens only in Shmei Baruch Ato Hashem. means to bow down, to prostrate yourself. That's the, the, that's the state of Yehuda after the third, after the bracha, after Shmei which is Levi. Now is Yehuda. This is Shmei This is the Bittal and the Skalalus. It's ain't safe, save of Kalam. And that's why this part of davening suddenly is silent. You would think that if when people daven loud, it creates more kavan and more concentration, so where should be the loudest part of davening? You go into a karlina, you ever went to a karlina shul? They scream a whole davening, right? It's quiet. It says in Svarim, When you speak loud, it triggers kavana. You know, people get into it, there's a chant, there's a rhythm, like when people are singing together. So for Kavana, Shmenesha, there's to be more Kavana. Suddenly it's silence. What does it represent? Because it's Pepchina's Seiv of Kalam. Shmenesha relates to Seiv of Kalam, which means, It's beyond the structure of Ishtalshlus, which is the evolution of the worlds. She'eina begeder hamshacha v'ashpah klal. It's not in the realm of hamshach. Hamshach means communication. To be mamshach, to draw something down. And hashpa, from the word shefa, which means a flow. So even the name love doesn't apply there. Rak, is bitl mamash legamri. What, yeah? What, yeah, is the complete cessation and death of the ego. Bitl b'metzius means that the entire metzius Metzius means identity, reality. Metzius, from the word matzoi, right? Nimtza, something exists. Metzius is not what exists. Metzius is existence. That's the word metzius. The Rambam begins his Sefer Mishnah Torah. You say that, you say this, Amod HaChachmas, later, Sheyesha Matzoi Rishon, there's a primary existence, Vuhu Mamtzi Kol Nimtza. And it brings in every existence. V'chola Nimtzoi, M'shemayim, M'varitza, M'ashemayim, Loi Nimtzu, Elam HaMitasi Matzoi. The word metzius is reality, identity, existence. Matsui, it's here. Same word like matsui, matsasa, you found it. But found it just means you found something. But the idea of something, that's matsius. So what's bitl be That the whole matsius, 
the whole Metzius is completely aligned and subsumed and one with the source, Mamash Legamri, This is where the soul pours out into the bosom of its father, so to speak. Hishtapchus, like Hishtapchus HaNefesh, pours out, El to be, to be subsumed, like the child who comes out of the womb and wants to go back in. <laughs> the child, you know, gets hugged by the mother and feels like it's still part of the mother. Ubar Yerech Mamash, Leah is Ka'ayin ve'efes Mamash. Where there's no other reality. Any other reality is like naught and nothingness. Shal Physically, the approximation of that is what bowing down represents. Why do you bow down? Just like traditionally, when people would bow down completely before the king, what did it represent? Like you have in these parshias, the brothers bowing down to Yosef or in front of a king. The person, so to speak, nullifies themselves. It's an expression. But in order for this state of Yehuda to be Bibchinis Ata, Yehuda Ata, the word Ata seems superfluous. Obviously, you're Yehuda. It says, Yehuda, let me tell you about yourself. In order that you should be you, Yehuda should be you. What does it mean you? You should be able to see it, you should be able to experience it like something is in front of you. There has to first be the avoid of your brothers. You first have to have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Only in them and through them. <coughs> he says, In them and through them. Then there could be the access and the revelation of this state of Eidah. Why? Without Reuven and Shimon and Levi, you don't have Yehuda, you can't have a revealed state of Bittal. It remains concealed and it remains transcendent and superficial, peripheral. It's not internalized in a manifested way. Therefore, you can't start Shmenesra without Psukkadizimra. And without Yotza uh, Oyd and without Krishna, it's 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 a it's a build up. You can't jump to Yehuda. Hapam now Oides Hashem. That's what he said in the beginning of the Maimon. Leah says now. What's now? After I had Reuven, after I had Shimon, after I had Levi, after I had Pesukah de Zimra, and Yotza Oyd and the blessings of Krishna, which is Yotza and Avazel, and Krishna, which is Reuven and Shimon, and Emes Viyatsev, which is Levi. Now you could say Hashem Svasai Tiftach. Open my mouth. Open the zipper over my mouth. could begin. Mincha is not the beginning of the day. Mincha is a continuum of the day. So Mincha, you could start Shmenesra because you already had Shachris, Krishna and the blessings. Uba'arvis. It's a new day. So So Maidiv too needs the preparation of Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, which is the Krishna and the blessings before and after what, what we do by Maidiv before Shmenas. That's where the beginning, it says, is etched in the end. In other words, <coughs> already when you start, 
You can't get to the end without the Tchilasan. And whoever understands, understands. What's the Balatanya saying here? There's a marshal from the Balshamtev, a metaphor from the Balshamtev that's brought and told us Yaakov Yosef. The Balshamtev had a student, Rabbi Yaakov Yosef. He was the rav of a city called Pulna, Pulna in Ukraine. He was a, it was Av Bezdin. He was a very big gun. He was a student of Balshamtev. And he wrote a sefer called Toldus Yaakov Yosef, which is his name, Yaakov Yosef. Toldus Yaakov is Yosef. And because he was a student of the Balshamtev, so the sefer is filled with things he heard from the Balshamtev. Shamati Mimaidi, I heard from my teacher. He constantly quotes him. And it's a very uh, it's a very powerful source because the Balshamdav didn't write any of his teachings. So the only thing we have from the Balshamdav is through his students. And one of the sources is told us Yaakov Yosef because he was a direct student, so it's very, very reliable and very authoritative. I think it's the first sefer of Hasidus that was ever printed, if I'm not mistaken. One of the first. Tafkuth Mem, Tafkuth Mem Aleph, around eighteen eighty or eighteen eighty one. <laughs> which was already after the Magad passed away, but it's one of the first. So the Taldus Yaakov Yosef writes that he heard from his teacher that there was a king, who uh, a very benevolent king, and he invited one of his close subjects, one of his people who was close to him, to come visit. To come visit, he wants to spend time with him in the palace. He came, but he saw that the palace was surrounded by fortresses. And when you climb the fortress to go down, you have, after every fortress, another danger, like another major hazard. Here you have wild beasts, wild animals, security guards, uh, snakes, serpents, every, every, cro- crocodiles, alligators, <laughs> sharks, every, every wall you pass, there's a whole new hazard that you have to get through. And the king, extended this invitation to many people that he wanted to be with. But most people, when they came and they saw, they're like, (laughs) this is impossible, it doesn't make sense. One person said, I don't understand, the king invited me. So if he wants me to die on the way, unless he's a Meshuggah, you had such kings too. But the Boshamdu was talking about... uh, theoretically someone who cares and loves you. So, so you invite me to come because you want to spend time with me, so you want me to die on the way. I mean, what's the... So there's something up his offer. So he decided, you know what, he's not going to think so much. He's going to go. He's going to go. <laughs> and he started to go and go and go and go. And he came to the palace and he turns and he saw there was nothing there. <laughs> In other words, only from the outside did it look that it was a reality. Once you went into the inside... It was all an optical illusion. It wasn't really there. And then he understood that the whole purpose was to be able for him to say that if the king wants me here, he wants me here. Not a joke. <laughs> He's not driving me crazy. That itself was the, was the muscle that he had to flex. The muscle of trust, which is not an easy muscle, as you know, right? Trust. That, that's the muscle. You know, muscles have to be used. If not, you lose them, right? You use or you lose. A muscle has to be used. It's true with the body. It's also true with the with the mind. It's true with the brain. It's true with the so you have to use muscles. The feistnutz and the kaiches. The Taldus Yaakov Yosef heard this from the Balshamtiv. What was the Balshamtiv saying? Stam <laughs> a good night story to scare children. Balshamtiv was saying that this is a metaphor for life. 
When you want to approach the ultimate truth, you look and there's walls and walls and walls and it's more dangerous and more dangerous and more dangerous. When you have the courage to go through, you come to the other side and you see there was never a separation. It was all here right now. The entire separation happened in my perception. Now this really reflects a fundamental idea of the Baal Shem Tov. And this is the, this is the Pchin of Yehuda. What's the difference between Mamala Kalaman and Tzayv of Kalaman? Mamala Kalaman means the way divine energy is filtered through walls and layers and pipes and channels and worlds in order to be adjusted and contracted and concealed and custom-made to every single creature so that it can retain its identity. There's nothing that lives not from a Malakalaman. A heartbeat comes from a Malakalaman. A Malakalaman is the way Hashem's energy fills, just like water fills a cup. It goes into the cup, right? And the cup has to be the right size to contain this amount of water. If you have a hundred liters of water, if you have a hundred gallons of water, it's not going to fit into this cup. You need a different keli. Can't put Niagara Falls into the cup because a cup is a cup. It's a keli. So every single nivra has a keli, its own chemistry, and the divine energy has to be tailor-made to that. If you can have the consciousness of Olam HaAtzilis in a squirrel, it's not going to be a squirrel. <laughs> For a squirrel to be a squirrel and wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm a squirrel, or actually squirrels don't do that. That's what people do. Why am I not a squirrel, right? Squirrel wakes up in the morning and, hey, food, <laughs> time to go to the porch, my dani. For the squirrel to be a squirrel, it has to have the chemistry of a squirrel. That's divine energy, but it's mamala kalama. Every one of us has the way we perceive the world, that's mamala. In other words, it's the way the consciousness of the divine is contracted, it's mitzumtzum, it's restricted, to be able to fill this particular cup. And everybody's cup, cup as in cup, is different. You can't compare the brain of the snake, right, to the brain of the human being, to the brain of the beer, to the brain of the elephant. To the brain of an angel, to the brain of a soul. Huh? Or one brain to another? Or even my brain yesterday to today. <laughs> and Mamalikalama, we grow, we expand. You expand the vessel, there's more light. Right? We graduate, we 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 grow. That's what growth is. I learn more, I'm more humble, I open myself up more, life experiences. The way you saw life ten years ago is not the way you see life today. <laughs> Hopefully, at least, hopefully, if yes, it's time to, um, you know, do something. <laughs> time to grow up, as your wife likes to say. Grow up, right? That helps a lot when people tell that to you, no? Grow up. <laughs> That's all mamale. So mamale kalalman is, is neurodiversity. It's divine diversity. Because everything has its own unique chius. I, it's all ain't saif. You're right, but the Ein Soif is mamshech. It, it, it filters itself to fill the world. And that's what the word memale means. And understand this. The word memale is the key word. Filling. A fill, fill, when you fill something, it means you have to always adjust yourself based on the parameters of that which you want to fill. If I want to teach something to a child and I want it to go into his brain, not it should go over his brain, it should fill his brain, I have to talk language and concepts that are relatable to the person. 
if I just want to express myself, we'll say, he went over my head. <laughs> that's called soivav, that's not mamale. Mamale means it doesn't go over, it goes in, it fills me. Now you have to understand the key difference. In the metaphor, the water is not the cup. The water fills the cup. In the nimshal, the water is the cup. <laughs> the divine energy doesn't just fill your vessel, it creates the very vessel which it fills. It creates the heart which contains it. It creates the brain which understands it. It is the vessel. Mamala kalaman, it's not two separate things. Like you put something in a suitcase and it fills up the suitcase. It's not too big and it's not too small. Here, it is the very reality that it creates. It's not separate. It's not the teacher. I'm teaching a student and because I'm teaching it in a way that's relatable, it goes into the student. The teaching creates the very brain of the student that accepts this teaching. So it's, it's complete oneness. It's not separate. Ah, what's soiv of Kalalman? The word soiv means, literally soiv means surrounds. Right? Sometimes it's called makif. What it doesn't mean here is surrounds, like something surrounds the cup rather than goes into the cup. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor and that is that the energy is not contracted and limited to the keli, to the vessel of that which contains it but rather the energy remains ain't soif, it remains infinite. And that's why within the consciousness of the vessel I don't experience it. Because for my I to be I, I can't experience soif, if I could only experience Bamali. You want the elephant to be an elephant, and you want me to be me, and you want this word, a bush to be a bush, and a tree to be a tree. And every tree has a different Mamali Kalalman. Right? My DNA is not your DNA. That's a difference in Mamali. The imprint of God in your cell is not the imprint in my cell. Like the Mishnah says in Sanhedrin, no two people were ever born alike. Even twins. No two people ever. Why? Because there's a different, there's a different sequence in the energy. Every creation has its own mimer, its own utterance, its own spiritual chemistry, and therefore its own physical chemistry. We don't look the same. We don't think the same. We don't have the same mission. Sometimes you see two twins, you know, for a stranger, they look identical, but they know how different they are, even though they have so many similarities. And these are twins that came even from the same, literally from the same egg. Right? Even there, there's a difference. Because the imprint of Hashem in you is not the imprint in me. And that's why there's a difference in people. And there has to be a difference. We can't all be the same. As somebody once said, we're all born originals. We shouldn't die as copies. That's Mamale. What's Soiviv? Soiviv, you're saying it surrounds the world. Surrounds the world doesn't mean it's a spaceship that goes around planet Earth. Soiviv is also inside the cup. <laughs> if it could be around, it could be inside. It means that it's not limited to the parameters of the cup. It remains in its ain't Soif. It remains purely infinite. It, it's not mitzamtzim itself into being filtered and perceived in a limited way. So what is reality? Is it mamali or What is it? So the Altarep is this. Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, you're busy with mamale. You're busy overcoming the walls this way or that way. Yehuda means the soivav, the same reality. So there's no separation. There's no separation whatsoever. 
That's why he says, Seib of Kalamut is Bashamayim Imal, Allah Oretz Mitochas, heaven and earth are one. Hakal Bashava, Ruchnius is not any closer than Gashmius. Ruchnius, sometimes people say God is spiritual. So that's a very, very, uh, you, have to be, you have to be cautious with that term. To say God is spiritual could be as idolatrous as saying God is physical. It's not so easy to hear, but it's the truth. To define God as spiritual could be the same like defining God as a physical statue. Oh, he's not limited by physicality and by spirituality. It's also an energy. You understand? You say Ruchnius. Ruchnius can also be idolatry. <laughs> Just like Ashmis could be. <laughs> you have to be careful with Ruchnius too. <laughs> There's a Lashon of the Kudotayra. The Gemara speaks a lot about Gasus Haruach. Gasus Haruach is translated usually as arrogance. But the word Gasus Haruach, the Altar Rebbe is Gasus Haruach. As the Ruchnius is Gas. The Ruchnius is Grub. The Ruchnius is Coarse. Ruach can also be gas, it can also be coarse. Ruchnius can also be coarse. If it takes you away from the truth. Sometimes spirituality can also be a trap. Sometimes a much bigger trap than anything, because it's spiritual. <laughs> huh? It's powerful, it's tempting. You feel good about yourself, you're not grub, you're a spiritual person. That's just, in Sayyidu Kalam, in Ruchni is Vigashmi is Kula Kamei Kalai Mamash Chashivi. Sayyidu is the Ain Sayf the way it is. So the Bashamtav says like this When I'm looking from this side of the painting, I see one wall, another wall, another wall, another wall. And it's not that I'm lying, it's not that I'm not being honest. This is the real experience. But you know when you go, when you have the courage to go through it, on the other side you'll see there was never a separation. You were never separated. You're as close as you can be. In fact, there's no such a thing as you could be separate because in Seyvim Kalama there's nothing else. That's called Bittal B'Metzius. Bittal B'Metzius means that space where your very identity, so to speak, goes back to the source of identity within God himself and there's absolutely no separation. There's no such a thing. You're detached. You're lost. You're dead. You're isolated. That's all the perceptions that were allowed by Mamalek Alamut, which we have to work through. We have to work through because there was creation. But that's, that's the Nakud of Yehuda. But he says you can't get to Yehuda without Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Why not? Because we can't, if I jump straight to Yehuda, even if I can have such an even if I can have the experience of not having an experience, it's not going to be integrated. Like we spoke yesterday. Sometimes people hit certain perceptions of reality and the ego dies, the dissolution of ego. And it's an incredible, incredible source of awareness. But Reuven, Shimon, and Levi allow it to be integrated. Reuven means I'm close to you. That's Mamala Kalama. Saib of Kalama, I'm close to you. There's no I in you. There's one is. Shimon means I'm distant from you. In Sayyid of Kalama, you're not distant. Levi is, I'm reaching out to you, even if you feel distant. Because you feel distant, I'm reaching out to you. In your humility, that's the beauty of Levi. Wherever you are, I'm reaching out to you. That's all language of Mamale. How is that expressed in Shemin Asra? Adna Svasai Tiftach. You open my mouth. I'm a conduit for you. Boruch Atah. 
What's bowing down physically? The physically bow down is just the best way with our body. We could say, I go completely to a place of ayin. This is the ultimate oneness, and it's the ultimate existence. Because I don't need my existence to be separate in any way anymore. And that's why it's called Yehuda. Yehuda means complete surrender, complete submission. I give up any, the last fear of self-consciousness. The last fear of self-consciousness. There's deeper, Uven, Shimon, Levi, those are all very deep avoiders. But then there's the Ishtachavav, Shemena Esra. And he says over there, there's silence. There can't be any words. If, the, if, if I'm speaking loud, it means I'm separate. I'm trying to overcome. I'm trying to compensate. That's what words are. Words are trying to make sense of reality. In Shemina Esther, the last thing you do is, 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 is noise. It's complete silence. And, and there's no barrier. It's not like the physically not, the spiritual, yeah, heaven, yeah, earth not. That's all a art of Saivuf. But only with Reuven, Shimon, and Levi does the person become ready for that type of relationship. If not, it doesn't mean much. Or it can even be dangerous. Or it's just, uh, it's, it's just a joke. It's not real. That's what he means. Bittel b'metzias mamash legamri. There's no metzias left. Why is there no metzias left? Not because you're a nobody. Because you ain't safe. <laughs> That's why it's called hiskalalus. Hiskalalus means you become completely subsumed. And here comes a big chiddush. With this state of Yehuda. Yaakov Avinu continues, what are his next words? He says, The next words is, your hands will be in the nape of your enemies. Literally, it's referring to Yehuda's wars. But he says, it's something, in, it, it's, it's talking about something in a person's life. Your enemies could be things in the world and physical needs of the body, which often could be great distractions of a person's inner life. You need them. It needs to be in the back, the nape, the oidif is the nape, not the face, meaning, when you're involved with something in your face, it means you do it with your heart and soul. There's something you do, so to speak. When you throw something over your back, there's, sometimes you want to give something to somebody, you're not so interested. You just leave it on the table, or you give it to your secretary, you give it to them, or you throw it over your back. I'm not looking at you. There's a relationship where I look at you. In other words, I'm fully present. And then there's something, you know, yeah, you have to do it. So he says, a person needs to know that when my physical needs become the obsession of my life, that's the face, then there's a disconnection. You need to do it, you need to do it. But ba'irif, not with that full passion. What does it mean, your hand? In Zoyer it says, you can also read this, this is Hashem's hand. Your right hand, we say in davening, is extended to receive those who return. That's the right hand that goes down to the lowest place. 
the, the Yisrael saw the great hand of what Hashem did in Mitzrayim. Yotcha, your hand, which is your Yud, reaches in Ba'irif Evecha. What does this mean? When a person thinks about this great descent, all the things in life that I need to do, and yet you're telling me I shouldn't do it with passion, so why do I have it? I need to eat, and I need to sleep, and I need to drink, and I need to make money, and I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need to do that. Who caused the person to feel that he, that, to, to make him need all these things. Who did that? For a soul, eating is a whole avoid. You have to understand, it's like when you have a very deep spiritual experience and you're completely hollow, every morsel of food could be torturous. And yet the body needs it. The same is true with everything else. Who caused all this? The answer is, Vademeis Hashem. So it's Hashem. He's the one who did it. Because he wants darkness to be transformed to light, you should daven with the energy of that food. The kayotzep is or anything else in the world, whether it's relationships, intimacy, drinks, money, anything. But you have to have proportions. Know what's a means for an end, and what's an end in and of itself. So this oidif, this thing that you're doing with your back, should become part of your hand. It's Hashem's hand that reaches there. Which is His Yud. This is the hand of Yehuda. Why? Since Yehuda is the submission and the bitl of Saiviv. Hashavil, Mashvakot, and Vagadl, where the biggest and the smallest are identical. So, Gam Choshech Layachshech. So, darkness doesn't eclipse. Uka Chashech darkness is like light. Gashmiz, Veruchniz, Shavin. And the spiritual and the physical are identical. Shari Kulam Bechachma Asisa, Shachachmi Asiya Gashmiz. By Soiviv, even Chachma is like physical action. If the Chachma could be like Gashmias, the Gashmias could be like Chachma. By us, the first, the, the first level of spiritual consciousness is called Chachma. So we say, Kulam Bechachma Asisa. Chachma is like a physical tool, it's like a hammer that you use to build something. Because by Hashem, even the highest spiritual consciousness is a sisa. So he says, what does it mean, the opposite? That even the physical food could be chachma. So there's no contradiction between the two worlds. The hast. <laughs> if the ultimate ruchniyas is like gashmiyas, so the ultimate gashmiyas is like ruchniyas. Mitzat of kalam. So where do you speak about physical needs in davening? Shemayin Asra. Till Shwin Esra, you talk about God. Shwin Esra, you start talking about yourself. <laughs> the holiest part of davening, oh, here you should talk about Hashem. The whole Pesukadism is only about Hashem. You don't talk a word about yourself. Birch is Krishma even more. Krishma. Ezra's, Emes Vyatsev, so Suddenly, Shwin Esra, I need this, I need this, I need this. I want to be smart, I want to be healthy, I need money. Shmakailenu, whatever you need. I have a dentist appointment, I have another appointment. Suddenly it's all about me. He says, that's the real bittal. In the Pchina of Yehuda, there's no separation. 
What is reality? Mamali Yosoyvav. Till Shminesra, it's Mamali. Shminesra is, you're opening my mouth. I'm now a conduit for you. The ain't Soif could be in the physical and the spiritual. God is not any more spiritual than he is physical. He's not any more physical than he is spiritual. You're infinitely removed from physicality. You're also infinitely removed from spirituality, and therefore you're not removed from anything. So the Baal Shem Tev says, on one side of reality, you have all these walls. When you go through, you come to the other side of reality, and you say there was absolutely, literally no separation whatsoever. There's no such a thing that you're separated. There's no such a thing that you're disconnected. There's no such a thing you're isolated. There's no such a thing that you're lost, you're forgotten. The very, the very question, am I forgotten or not, is already a misunderstanding of the reality. It's al-chayka via mamish, ka'ayin ve'efes, where there's no dissonance whatsoever. That's the truth of Saiv of Kalalman. That's the truth of Yehuda. So therefore, in davening, you speak about all the physical things. And yadcha, your hand of Yehuda is ba'erda who created all these necessities? It's not like now I'm living davening, I'm leaving learning, I went into the business world, I went in, now I'm eating, now there's a separation. He says, it's your hand. It's your hand. It's all your hand to transform darkness into light. So you're there even in that which we call the enemy. Because it could be an obstacle. And yes, it has to be with your back, not with your face, but it's your hand that's there. It's Yehuda's hand that goes all the way into that place. That's what he says. Food and everything else by him is like the ruchnis of Chachma because the Chachma is, is Gashmis. So if the Chachma is like physical, so then the physical is like Chachma. The Haida that comes out in a revealed way in Davening, your hand should extend into the nape of the enemy. Even when you think you're involved in those things which people may call your enemy. And the love is gone. There's always a residue of the love. The person has to be careful not to become consumed and turn the Gashmis into an Avaydazara. Because then, in my consciousness, I could talk become detached. That's why it has to be Ba'idif. You have to know what things you indulge with your face and what things you do. But there's a certain distance, there's a certain. I don't go crazy from it, I don't get overwhelmed with it. Person needs it, and therefore they do it. And they do it with intention, and they do it with focus. But it doesn't consume my heart. If something is missing, if something is off, I don't go crazy from it. This is not where my, my passion, my soul lay. So the very foundation that there's dissonance, that there's separation, he says is based on the idea that I'm not living in full oneness. In full oneness, there's absolutely, there can't be any, any separation whatsoever. And that's the difference why he says the first three is Mamale, and Yehuda Ata Yehuda Achecha is is Seviv. Achikir Hagoyim Luchal Milus Pchinazulius Yehuda Ata Vagoyim Lius Yehuda Achecha. What allows there to be this Yehuda Ata, and that the brothers should come to this place of Yehuda Yehuda? We want Reuven to come there, and Shimon to come there, and Levi to come there. Meaning, even my seeing and my hearing. And the relationship that comes from above, they should all reach Yehuda. They should all understand and experience complete oneness. Al Zanamar, he continues, In the words of Yaakov to Yehuda, he says, Your hand is in the nape of your enemy. 
the sons of your father will all bow down to you because he will be the king. Bowing is also a concept of Amshacha. When you want to sometimes give something to somebody, bowing down is almost like you're extending the flow downward. You're taking your stature and you're lowering it. There's the concept of bowing, bowing where I'm surrendering to you. And then the concept of bowing, right? like sometimes when you're thanking, number one, and then the person is bringing down their flow into a lower space. The bowing of Shemina Esra is also Hamshach, it's a flow. Your father, Pasuk says like a father has compassion for his children. A father is represented by compassion. What's the child of compassion? It's tzedakah, charity, and kindness to give life to the humble ones. Anyone who is involved in kindness with compassion for poor people, for orphans, for people who are needy, this person is called b'nei avicha, the child of your father, because the father is the emotion of compassion. And the child, the child means that which is born from the father, what's born from compassion, the actions of tzedakah and chesed. So b'nei avicha is the son of the father, the child, the offspring, the result of compassion, which is tzedakah. Gam p'chines avicha, another element of avicha, is teireh. It says in Zayre, Reisem mechachma nafkes. Teireh comes from Hashem's wisdom, shu p'chines av, Chachma is associated with the father, like Bina is associated with the mother. Kumashikasov, it says in Mishlei, Shma b'ni Musar avicha. Val titish teresimecha. So it says in Zoyar, Musar avicha zu teresimechav. Teresimecha is teresimechav. Just like the mother takes the seed and with the egg and expands it into a fetus, teresimechav takes the seed of teresimechav and expands it. But the seed is the father. Shma b'ni Musar avicha, that's teresimechav. And Tereshabal Peh is the mother. Like the relationship of the mother and the father. The mother develops the fetus. If you don't have the mother, the fetus is not viable. Tereshabal without Tereshabal Peh, you don't understand, you can't do anything from it. You don't understand anything of it. It's like a baby that doesn't go through the womb of its mother. It has no life to it. Tereshabal needs Tereshabal Peh like the father needs the mother. The husband needs the wife. Ubnei Avicha. So who are the children of the father? Heim Ha'iskim Again, the child is the one who receives from the father, those who are immersed in Torah. So he said two things. Bnei Avicha is tzedakah and chesed, which comes from Av, which is compassion. And Bnei Avicha is those who are involved in Torah, because Av is Torah. So he says, So Yaakov tells Yehuda, the sons of your father will bow down to you. Shebnei Avicha, the children of your father. Those who are immersed in Torah which is the father, and in Gemilat Chesadim, which is based on the compassion of the father, heim, heim, they will bow down to you. What does it mean, bow down to you? They will bring you out. They will be mamshik. They will draw out your own potential. That the beginning will come out in the end. Reuven will come out in Yehuda. Because the 
It's Tayrang Milchsadim that gives the power, the muscle tone to the soul to arouse love, to arouse awe, Ruven, Shimon, and Levi, all the way down till Yehuda, which is Aidao Bittal. So when you bow down, there's two elements in bowing. Bowing down, I'm just asking you for a favor, so to speak. So I'm bowing down, I'm surrendering. But there's a deeper element of bowing down, which you're actually bringing out the power of the person you're bowing down to. It's not just they need. It's not just you need them. They need you too. I'm giving the person a certain power. That's ishtachava. You're empowering them. You're giving them hamshachil. It says by Yaakov, yishtachu yistol al Right? He bowed down to Yosef. He wanted to empower Yosef also, not just because Yosef was a melech. Ah, Yaakov, Yaakov, Yaakov to Esav, you say. In Vayishlach, seven times, yeah. It says, Yishtach v'lecha b'nei avicha. A Jew who's Isaac in Torah and Gemilas Chassadim, those are the two pillars of Judaism. Somebody who's involved in Torah, learns Torah constantly, and is involved in Stok of Chesed. What that does is, it brings out the Koyach of Yehuda, which is Yehuda Chacha. In other words, that the soul should be able to go on this journey of Reuven and Shimon and Levi and Yehud. It needs energy. It's a certain serenity you need. It's a certain clarity to engage in this whole thing. Right? A very personal person, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, but I don't even know what you want with all of this. The soul needs to have the openness. What's the openness for this? So a life that's saturated with learning Torah and Gemilas Chsadim, that's Bnei Avicha. This is what gives the, the nefesh, the koyach, the power to be able to engage and begin this journey of Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yudah, all the way from the beginning to the end. No, schilos and besaifa. That's why he says, Yishtachavu lecha, bnei avicha, they will be mamshachir in you, they will bring it out in you, they will reveal in you this ability. Because without Torah and Gmilas Chsadim, all these words, Ave, Yireh, Torah, Bittal, it becomes empty. It doesn't have a foundation. It doesn't have, like, for a person to reach a certain place, they have to have the energy for it. They have to have the stamina for it. They have to have the inner koiches. It says, that's bnei avicha, tereng, milaz chsadim, is what allows a person to be able to go on this journey. Va'yidei kein, and then, through this, yoiducha achecha, your brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, will come to the place of Yehuda, liyos Yehuda ata, that you should be able to be Yehuda. In other words, that you're, Potential should be brought out fully, not just remain concealed, but it should be atta, it should be you. It should really be you. In other words, it's something that you could see visibly that this Yehuda becomes a, a, a real experience where there's really no dissonance, where there's really no separation between heaven and earth, between the physical and the spiritual, between higher and lower. There's no place where you're not one because in Yehuda, in Haida, there's an absolute Oneness with the Ein Soif because there's no separation whatsoever. That's the Bittal B'Metzias of, of Yehuda. Kamashin is Bayalel, as was explained before. Maidim is Yehuda. <laughs> Maidim, the word Maida, comes from Yehuda. Maidim Anachnolach, that's why we bow down there. Right? Baruch Atah, says Yehuda Atah. Baruch Atah. All the Hishtachavoyas is the physical approximation of what Bittal looks like. You have a physical bowing down, but then there's the spiritual bowing down, the emotional bowing down, meaning I, I, I don't have to hold up my stature. When a person stands straight, I'm holding up my stature, right? Bowing down is I could surrender my stature. I don't have to defend anything. I don't have any defense mechanisms. 
that can only do if there's real trust. The ultimate Ishtachava, he says, is in Seyv of Kalalman, where heaven and earth are the one, are one. Ruchnis and Gashmias are equal because Kula Kamekalai Mamash Hashivi. You want to know if this, if this growth in Seyv of Kalalman, <laughs> probably if it's real infinite, <laughs> there's also infinite growth, but that itself is infinite. I guess Seyv of Kalalman grows through us. <laughs> Vicariously. Yeah. Mamale is from the perception of separateness, there's Mamale. And then there's Reuven, there's Shimon, there's Levi. Right? But he says in Yehuda, it's complete. Uh, I don't know. Right. Because if the person doesn't begin with Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, so first of all, it's very difficult even to understand and experience this. But even if theoretically a person could, it leaves them behind. It's like we spoke earlier with starting Shimon without Reuven. Right? When you tell somebody you don't exist, <laughs> on the other side of the wall you'll see that. But on this side, you understand, I have to protect myself. So if I could just tell, if you tell somebody, there's no mamale, what happens with my identity? It's it's left behind. So it's going to backfire. Reuven, Shimon, and Levi includes the whole person. You understand what I'm saying? It integrates it in the whole person. If not, the person himself is left behind. Ida Emes is Saiv of Kalalman, but that has to include Mamala Kalalman also. <laughs> Mamala Kalalman is a stida when it's not connected to Saiv so after the avoid of Mamala Kalalman, now there's a deeper avoid of Sev of Kalalman. <laughs> okay. Ah? Ah, it's interesting. You're saying that he says you can do Shmanesa without Pesukah de Zimra. Yeah. You can ask also by Shachris, it says in Shulchan Aruch that uh, if you come by Baruch right, you could skip. <laughs> so that could be custom by many Chesidim is that they never skipped, even when they came late. Right? Even when they came late. Ah, or not to come late. Very good. <laughs> but even when they came, the meaning by many chsidim was never to skip. Even if they're holding barchu, to, not to skip any part of Davan. Ah? The Mogan Avram already says, right? That it's better not to. Ah? Even though halachically you could. But, but certainly, however you do it, Certainly, the way they instituted it is with the Psukadazimra and Krishna before Shmanasta. You see, that's the. But, but that's not the reason why it's brought in Maganavram and other places not to skip because Shmanasra needs that introduction. <laughs> the bittel of Shmanasra, Yehuda needs the Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. You can't have that level of oneness if you don't work through your differences. Yeah. Psukkah de Zimra and the first part of Krishma is Reuven. Second part of Krishma is Shimon. Emma's Vyatsev, Tilgal Yisrael is Levi. And Shmanesra is Yehuda. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.